0: Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries, with founder and director Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now here's Dr. Bing.
1: Today I want to talk to you about our ministry in Ghana, which is in West Africa. We've been coming here for a long time, in fact my first trip to Ghana was in 1985, along with my wife Karen and my one year old baby. We stayed for 11 weeks. I taught at a Bible college for that year and I was in the doctoral program at Dallas Theological Seminary at the time. So at that time I made some friends and those friends have invited me back since. And one of them is named Fred Darko, who has been to the United States and visited our church and been to our Free Grace Alliance conferences and other things. And he's become a good friend besides going and doing some special conferences for him uh, we have started what we call grace life institute um, in ghana and we he is with ambassadors for christ we team together to do an ambassadors for christ and grace life institute to train pastors and church leaders first in the gospel of grace get them grounded in that we offer three courses every summer and then after four years and 12 courses they can graduate with a certificate our aim is not to give them a complete bible college or seminary education but to ground them in grace really and that's what we think is the most important because like many countries ghana is locked in legalism and many people are practicing what they have always heard and thought that they have to work their way to heaven and be good enough to, to get to heaven so usually we take a team of at least three instructors this year we had scheduled to take five. One had to drop out at the last minute, and uh, so we just had to step up and step in. Now my design was to come a week early, because I have been invited by one of our friends, Asari, named Asari, to um, speak to his church leaders in Accra, the main city, and then also in a second largest city called Kumasi, which is a four hours drive away. So. Heading to the airport on July 4 and this is 2022. um, I have been telling my team this is the funny thing that they need to have their visas in place and it takes about a month or two to get them by mailing your passport into the Ghana embassy. But what I did, I thought that I had a visa, but I had been looking at the wrong date. So luckily on the way to the airport right before we arrived, I said to myself or God led me to just look at my visa again and I saw that the expiration date I was looking at was the passport expiration date on the visa, not the visa expiration date. It actually expired a little over a month ago. So what am I to do? It takes a month to get a visa through the embassy and here I am arriving at the airport. Well, I told my daughter who was dropping me off that let's just drop me off and I'm going to see what God can do and that was my attitude and she was gonna hang around for a little while to see what happened so I brought my luggage into the terminal to check in and I went to one of the check in kiosks and there was an African looking woman working for United Airlines and I went up to her and I said I tried to check in to the machines but I wasn't getting anywhere and I said explain to my her my problem I am going to Ghana but My visa is expired, and I knew that I would not be able to check in. I said, I don't know what to do. Well, this lady just happened to be an angel from God. She said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. And she was actually from Ghana, which made it all the more fantastic. She was a Christian. She understood why I was coming to Ghana to train pastors, and she heartily got behind me. She worked with me for an hour, filling out forms on my phone, online, to get my health forms filled out, which are necessary, and also to get an invitation letter from someone at the airport. And to do that, I had to call my friend Asari in Ghana, and he called the airport. But with less than 10 minutes, I had a letter on my phone inviting us to get an invitation on arrival, I'm sorry, and a visa on arrival. So, after all of that, after an hour, she got me checked in, walked me up to the luggage, put priority tags on my luggage, and uh, wished me well, and said she would like to visit someday my house, and uh, and that maybe will happen someday. And her name was Joy. She was an angel sent from God. So now I'm on my way to Ghana, and my first stop is Dulles Airport, and then from Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C., to... Accra straight flight about 10 hours and I arrive in there meet at the airport Asari and my friend and he takes us to uh, our hotel and we check into the hotel rest up a little bit but he has some meeting planned for that night with about uh, ended up being about 35 of his young house church leaders and I talked to them about the gospel of grace and they were so excited to hear it because Asari's been working with them and uh, grace was such a liberating concept. We had a great time of uh, talking in fellowship around the gospel of grace there in the main city of Accra. And our plan was then on... That was a Tuesday night, because I lost a day flying east, on Wednesday to drive to Kumasi. And uh, Asari had with him two friends who had arrived that night also from South Africa. So we three friends, plus Asari and his wife, drove to Kamasi, a four-hour drive, at a half-hour for a stop, and we arrived there on Wednesday evening. The conference was to start Thursday, so Thursday morning we met at the church where the conference was held, and there was a very good turnout. There was um, over 200 pastors. Someone said the official count was 230 pastors, and they were all excited to be there as we And um, I was the main speaker, and I chose to speak on the gospel and how people can preach a different gospel, but the gospel of grace is the one that Jesus gave us. I used Galatians 1, I used 1 Corinthians 15, and, and just shared the gospel of grace with them. And I could see smiles on their faces, and I could see a great response. In fact, I gave an invitation that if anyone was not sure that they have eternal life, that today you can trust in Jesus Christ as your savior know for sure that he has done all the work necessary and you don't have to work so and at that invitation there were a number of hands that went up and I don't know exactly what that means except that perhaps they got saved or perhaps they were assured of their salvation and then some of the others spoke on Thursday morning as well and we were able to try to get some rest that night and of course jet lag keeps me from getting a lot of rest um, and it's kind of kind of hard to get to, get to sleep sometimes, or you wake up at two or three in the morning. But Friday uh, was another day of the conference. And Friday was different, however, it was raining very hard early in the morning. Rain always stops people from coming to things because the roads get muddy and a lot of the roads aren't paved. But we went to the conference a little late, knowing that, and sure enough, after waiting there, the rain had stopped. Pastors started coming in, and we had about the same size crowd as we had on Thursday morning's meeting. I spoke to them from Romans 3 and how we were justified freely by His grace. And again, we had a wonderful response to that message from the people. They just loved the message of grace, and I could see their hearts changing. Um, they had not really heard that before, some of them. And of course, we had a question-answer time, and that's where they were asking questions about what about this, what about that, what about the Christian who sins, what about the Christian who denies the faith, what about Hebrews 6 always? And always the anticipated questions that I have heard all around the world. Well, the last day of the conference was Saturday, and Saturday was going to be a bit different, however. Before the conference, someone who was there Friday, Pastor Moses, also has one of the largest radio programs in Kumasi, radio shows. And he asked if I would come and share the gospel on his radio show at 4 a.m. Well, of course, I couldn't turn that down. So we woke up at 3 a.m., drove through the quiet streets of Kumasi to his studio. And there at the studio, I preached the gospel from Ephesians 2, uh, mostly 8 and 9, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, uh, over the radio to the city of Kumasi. And Pastor Moses was very, very pleased and excited about that. So praise the Lord for that opportunity. We would go back to the hotel and then go to the conference a little bit later. The last day of the conference was very good also. We had a good crowd, again, uh, at least the same amount or more uh, pastors. But one of the interesting things is that the day before, on our first day there, Wednesday, we had gone and visited the local the area chief, the regional chief named the Asantahini. And with some ceremony and protocol, we sat and we, in his hall, uh, opposite his delegation, his elders, and they're all dressed in their ceremonial garb. And there's a certain procedure you go through before you can um, meet him. And in fact, you don't talk directly to him, you talk to his linguist to make sure that there's nothing offensive said about him, and then he even talks through his linguist to make sure that he is not saying anything incorrectly to us. So uh, that was very fascinating, and he was very welcoming, and he told us that uh, we were welcome in his region. That's one of the reasons we went. When you do something in a chief's region, you want them to know what you're doing and have their permission. He gave us his blessing, and uh, he happened to be Presbyterian, and he said, you are like family here. If anyone gives you any trouble, you just tell them you're with the palace. So we um, we had his blessing and we had a good time. We gave him some gifts of books and literature, my book simply by grace, into his hands through his delegation, of course, while he sat on his royal chair. And then we posed for some pictures. Uh, and that, So that was interesting. And the next day, incidentally, um, Asari took us to his hometown and showed us the palace where he grew up with his grandfather because he is royalty. And that was a very interesting trip as well. So back to Saturday. Saturday our conference is going on and I'm preaching John chapter 4, the gift and the prize. I wanted them to see the difference between the free gift to the unbelieving woman and the prize that he told his disciples they must work for wages to earn uh, and harvest Uh, the field that's white to harvest, and they work in the harvest, they earn wages. So there's two different messages there, one to the unbelievers, one to believers, one about living water, eternal life, salvation, the other about food and wages, which is God's will, and the rewards for doing His will. And right before I preached, the chief and his delegation arrived, and there was a pause uh, to formally welcome him, and everyone stood, and he sat on the front row and listened to the whole message. So that was very good afterwards uh, I was asked to pray for him so he came to the front and we did a prayer for him and we posed for some more pictures. Very very exciting day and I think he was very excited and pleased to hear the message of grace as well. Although I never really spoke to him directly other than to say thank you because you just kind of don't do that. So. Uh, Saturday went very well as at the close of the conference, and we were always shown great hospitality by our hosts there and fed very well, and the people were just so wonderful and kind. I had so many remarks from people coming up afterwards talking about the message of grace, wanting to get more information, sharing my website with them, and things like that. And then Sunday uh, morning, we uh, four preachers spread out to different churches to preach, and I spoke at... A, one of the largest churches in Kumasi, and it has six services, and one of the services was for the young people. Well, young people here means 20s and 30s even, usually single, and uh, when I got into that service, I couldn't believe there were five five to 600 people in there, and they were very enthusiastic From in, after worshiping, and I had 30 minutes to speak, and I spoke to them from John chapter eight, woman caught in adultery but what I was doing was drawing a contrast between the law and grace and showing that the law condemns but grace forgives and that he could forgive the woman because Jesus knew he would die on the cross soon and he could forgive the woman and tell her to go and sin no more had a wonderful response from that crowd I just I could preach to them all day they were so excited to hear that and so responsive to the message on Sunday and so uh, Sunday night What I needed to do was get on a domestic flight by myself and fly to Accra. It's just a 30-minute flight uh, back to the main city of Accra to meet with the team that was already here, had just arrived on Saturday. And that was Roger Fankhauser, uh, Ron Hoffman, and Tim Hill. And so I met up with them Sunday night uh, here at the conference center where I am right now. And we began teaching then. On Monday morning I think they preached on Sunday morning in local churches and we began our program on Sunday morning and what we're teaching this year is um, basic Bible doctrine I'm doing some of that but I'll have to leave midweek and our host Fred will fill in and um, Ron Hoffman is teaching grace and Romans using my workbook living in the family grace we brought enough for all the students 50 students to have that book and we gave it to them free and then tim hill is teaching bible study methods kind of using galatians in as their way of learning bible study to get the free grace message across so they're getting it from galatians and they're getting it from romans and they're getting it in basic bible doctrine as well but we since we've been doing this for so many years and graduating so many classes we have an advanced class now for those who have graduated so we have an advanced class that has about a dozen people in it It, we keep it small and it's seminar style. We sit around on tables and uh, more dialogue goes on in there. And I am teaching in there eternal rewards, a doctrine we don't often hear about and they don't know much about. So teaching eternal rewards and Roger Fankhauser is teaching Ephesians, a very good inductive study and interactive study on the book of Ephesians. Um, And we've just been getting a great response from people. And it's as always, Ghana is a friendly, welcoming country. It's nominally Christian, um, but the understanding of the gospel is almost always wrapped up in works, and yet it is such a hospitable country and friendly country, and many people have Bible verses memorized, but they don't understand what grace really means. And so that's why we're here, and we're seeing wonderful results from that. And I hope that uh, I can get some remarks from some of the guys uh, and get some feedback from them. So we'll look to talk to them. So here we are in Accra doing Grace Life Institute training with host Fred Omoedarko of Ambassadors for Christ. And right now I'm talking to Pastor, retired pastor Ron Hoffman. How many times have you been to Ghana, Ron? this is uh my third trip you like ghana
0: i do i love ghana great people wonderful place to uh, visit and even i guess live here (laughs) as far as i can see yeah but yeah i enjoy here
1: well how do you like teaching here
0: oh i love that i mean that's the whole reason you come obviously because it's just it's just amazing to see the faces of people light up when they start hearing about grace and the freeness of salvation and eternal security, just things that they've never heard taught clearly before. And it just just seems to be life impacting and changing for them. It's very very neat being a part of that.
1: And tell us the class that you're teaching right now.
0: I am teaching uh, this time uh, the Book of Romans with a special emphasis on grace. And so um, that's the entire Book of Romans. And I'll be Hopefully, getting in the days that we're here.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering what kind of questions you're getting um, and, and what they indicate, maybe.
0: Well, um, yeah, a couple of the questions that I've, I've gotten and comments that people have made, I guess, in classes that uh, they're just, I guess, for some of them, it's first time they've heard it, so they're struggling with it. You know, I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not sure I really see it that way or i don't know if um you know if, if a person can believe and that's it's all there is to it that, that it coming to a, a decision that you make once you in, in your lifetime and the rest of it's covered so uh it's interesting though to see people come along and and once they see scripture and it's not just my opinion and or anybody else's opinion that's teaching it it begins to t- uh, change people's hearts and minds
1: Well, and you know, Ghana is supposed to be a Christian country, but there's so many people who have a misunderstanding of the gospel, so that's why we come along and do what we do, and uh, we're also, a couple other professors are also teaching some other things, but for Ron to come over from Florida is to leave his family behind and leave the nice weather of Florida, although it's nice here, Um, leave his summertime there, and so we appreciate the sacrifice and the time of him coming.
0: Well, thank you, Charlie. I really appreciate you allowing me to come and be a part of this. It's a great opportunity, and I really cherish it.
1: Well, the students really appreciate you, too, and they get along just great with you. So thanks, Ron. Sure. Another instructor that came over to teach in Ghana is Dr. Roger Fankhauser, and he's been coming for quite a few years. How many times have you been coming, Roger? Uh, This is my 10th trip. I had a hiatus for about six years. After the first nine and more than happy to come back. Yeah, me too, especially after COVID all threw us for a loop. And it's just good to see everybody again. Roger's recently retired from the pastorate, but he's finding plenty of things to do like this. And uh, the students love him here. And what are you teaching? Uh, I've got uh, the advanced class students that have finished the, the four-year program and uh, want to come back for additional training. This year we are doing uh, the book of Ephesians uh, verse by verse. Yeah, verse by verse. Do you think they're getting it? I think so. <laughs> Best I can tell. They're asking good questions and and nodding their heads a lot. And um, Also, pro- we'll provide them with a copy of the PowerPoint so they can go back and review
0: um, other notes if they wish.
1: Yeah, so they're not only getting the book of Ephesians, but they're also getting the st- inductive Bible study method, which is just as important in a sense so that they can dig these truths out for themselves after you're gone. Well, we're finished up Grace Life Institute in Ghana. In fact, I have already flown home a little ahead of the team because I had gone there early. And the final result is that besides the 320 pastors that we were able to train, uh, total that would be oh about 230 or 250 in Kumasi the second largest city and then another uh, 40 plus 50 or at least another 110 in Accra. So we trained a total of about 320 pastors and church workers in the gospel of grace And for many, it was eye-opening and refreshing for them, and I think they got the message. We had really good feedback from those who came to the study. Of course, in Accra, we finished with the Grace Life Institute with our three instructors, and um, that was a good time for them, and they are on their way home even as I speak, I believe. Um, I might note that when we do these Grace Life Institutes, the week of training is totally subsidized, except for a small registration fee. It's totally subsidized by Grace Life and the gifts given through you, our friends. And so we pay for the room and board for the pastors. We help them with travel. We pay for their, we give them free books and pay for their literature, copying, PA system, and all those kinds of things. And because of that, we have seen some great results. And even some of them have come to our Free Grace Alliance conference and our churches in the United States, and they say they're going to be coming more this fall, so we're looking forward to seeing them again. I thought I might mention how I ended my time of speaking up in the second city of Kumasi, where I was speaking at a pastor's conference, because I always begin the conference with a survey. It's called a gospel survey, and I list 13 different things about. A person what a person might say how to get to heaven how to have eternal life how to be saved things like uh, be holy read the bible go to church uh, love other people i want to have the answer believe in jesus christ as your savior from sin that's the one i'm looking for and it's in there so there are 13 items in there and we distributed this to the first group of pastors when they first came so before we could prejudice them with our teaching And uh, early, the survey was for about 50 people who had come early, and we collected those. Almost every single one of them had almost everything checked on the list. In other words, they saw that they had to do all the things in order to get to heaven, all the things that they had to do to earn eternal life. And then I went and taught grace, and I ended one message uh, speaking about the righteousness that comes, the justification that comes through faith in Christ. I ended up by going to Philippians chapter three where Paul lists all the things that would commend him uh, in the human level to God. He's from uh, Israel. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, he was a Pharisee. And concerning zeal, he persecuted the church. And concerning righteousness, which is from the law, he says he was blameless. So these are the things that he was so proud of that he could do on his own. And yet he says, what things were gained to me, these things I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I've also counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. So Paul was saying when he looks at his list of accomplishments, he counts them as rubbish, preferring to have the righteousness of Christ not found in his own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ, not from the law, but from what Jesus has done for him. He says, everything that I've done, I count as rubbish. Now, the word rubbish in the Greek language is skubala, And it's kind of a crude word, which really means excrement or dung. Some Bibles translate it dung. And uh, some commentators are very surprised that Paul would use such a crude word. But I thought I would point that out to them, that little bit of Greek language, that that word skubala was used. And then I I looked at the surveys and held them up, and I said, you know, most of you think that you have to do all these things to get to heaven. And I started ripping them apart, skubala and throwing them on the ground. Scubala, throw it on the ground. Scubala, throw it on the ground. I had wondered how they would react to that, but it really did impress them and they started to applaud, which made me see that they got the message. So we were successful in turning many people from their self-righteousness to God's righteousness in Jesus Christ. So that was one way, one story that kind of illustrates the impact we had on the pastors and things went equally well in Accra, and now I think we're all home, or almost home, and um, we're just really grateful for those who have given to this kind of ministry so that we can continue to go out to places like this where people have little opportunity or uh, cannot afford a formal education. We can at least ground them in the grace of God and continue to do that work, and we'll do that in other countries as well. An interesting thing that on on my way home, the flight home, I told you about the woman named Joy who helped me get on the plane and get my visa. Well, she texted me right when I was landing, and uh, I said, well, I'm landing right now. Well, she even met me at my exit gate when I deboarded the plane and walked with me to the baggage area and met my wife. So Joy was an angel of God and uh, joy to meet So God did a wonderful thing and we thank you for your prayers and your giving that made it all possible and we pray now that the fruit would remain in Ghana until we go back, Lord willing, to train them again next summer. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. For more resources or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace.org at gracelife.org See you next time!